How many of you uh, really, really like problems? Okay, some of you, okay, you probably didn't hear me, right? What is the job description of a problem? See, everything has a destiny. Faith will give you a destiny. Fear will give you a destiny. A problem will give you a destiny. One of the amazing... I've been toying, I've been praying over this since since we've been on a break. And um, so when I realized, I I keep a diary, and I I had a look at it, and uh, one of the things I noticed in it was I had... I had more pages of problems than I did of breakthroughs. Okay, am I talking? I know none of you want to admit it, but I would guarantee most of us spend more time worrying about the problems than rejoicing in the breakthrough. And so when I started to look at every problem, the Holy Spirit dropped this into me. It says, every problem is showing you your capacity. Not the capacity to fail, but the capacity to succeed. Okay, you can... See, one of the things that we're thrown with every single day is I was witnessing to a businessman in his business, and uh, he, we were just talking, and I just told him, you know, some of the stuff that we're doing. Um, he's, a, he's been in business most of his life, and he goes, I feel like giving up. And I goes, there's so many regulations, the gas is going, prices are going, this is going, this is going, this is going, this is going. All this chatter, and he goes, I can't take it, I haven't got it in me, I feel like retiring. So, uh, you know, we prayed for him and uh, worked with him. But in showing you this, is one of the things I've realized is that there is, the Bible tells us there is no temptation that is not common to man. So every person struggles with the same problem, same issues. We all live in Australia, unless you have a private jet and you fly, or unless you live in Tasmania, (laughs) Phillip Island. Uh, But when we start thinking was this, is that every problem is giving us an indicator to the source. So in your makeup, you have a two sets of hearing. When you become born again, the Bible says that we have a spirit. We are a spirit. God's word is a spirit. So when I'm seeing or hearing about a problem, my spirit is hearing, but so is my flesh. My flesh has been designed and is activated by what I see, what I feel, what I see people around me. So my response comes from what I have gathered. But when I see a problem, it's telling me you can or can't do this. You're not capable. You won't be able to do this. So every time, see, when we don't understand this, that every time God asks you to do something, He is showing you your capacity. When God says, I need you to forgive that person, you go, I can't. How many have ever said that? 
I remember when God was te- teaching me about capacity. We just bought another, uh, a new car, and um, I sold my other car to a person in church. So I needed the extra finance to pay for the new car. You, you're with me now? Okay. So I bought it because I, this person in church, and everybody knows if you go to church, you're trustworthy. It's, it's a given thing, right? You, you know, it's a good old handshake. You don't need anything. So this family bought our car. I got the new car, and um, all of a sudden, we had to pay it off. So um, the person, you know when you've sold something to somebody, and then they go really quiet? You know, it's like you ring up and the message band goes, hi, bye-bye, right? And it's so I, I have a coffee with this person and he goes, Ted, um, I have an issue. We cannot afford to pay you. And the moment he said that, God spoke to me. He says, give it to him. And I said, God, you give it to him. <laughs> you know, God, you, you, you own everything, so why are you asking me? I'm the one with the debt. And God says, give this family your car, pay for everything, give registration, give them insurance, do the whole lot. And I go, God, this is growing. Before he was given the car, now he's the insurance, now he's... But I'm looking at my bank account, I'm looking at the deadline that I have to pay for the new car, and I'm feeling worried. You know what God was doing, Ted? You have the capacity to believe for the finance to pay this off. So that's why I'm doing it. See, I always thought that God was having it. And what, you know, to make a long story short, or a short story long, we sowed that car. Since we sown that car, we have received one, two, three, four cars. It's pretty good, isn't it? But you know what it was? It was the problem showing me the capacity. So when people say, I can't forgive, what they're doing is they're going back to their flesh. Now, the flesh is something that hasn't been born again. See, when the Bible says when you are born again, you become a brand new spirit. How many of you realize when you got born again, you still look the same? You didn't get born again. You came to church and you go, who wants to be born again? Yeah, Jesus, I receive you in my heart. And you look in the mirror and go, <gasps> Who is that person looking at me? So you've got a brand new spirit. Now, here's what happens now. Is that when you become born again, your flesh reacts to its source. So when, when all of a sudden that person said, Ted, we can't pay you, my flesh reacted, Ted, look at your bank account. But my spirit reacted and says, Ted, who is your source? When God spoke to us, when we were doing itinerant ministry, we were doing conferences, we were doing 20 different nations per year. And when God said, Ted, you've got to do that, I said, dear Jesus, I want you to realize that I haven't got the finance. My flesh was going, okay, to put this conference on, then the flights and the hotel bills, the interpreter bills, all of this sort of stuff. But every time God has challenged me, It wasn't to destroy me or to belittle me or to take the pride out of me. It was to identify that I've put something inside of you. So every one of us, so when every time God asks you something, he's telling you what he's put in. Now watch this. 
that when Jesus got his disciples, he said this to them. Follow me and I will make you. Correct? So God comes to fishermen, not Bible scholars, not rabbis. He goes to people that you would not pick for that job. He picks 12 and he says, I will make you. From that very moment, there's an adjustment in the source. He never said, I'll pick you, see if you're good enough. He never said, I'll pick you, but you got to make yourself worthy. He came to them and he says, I will make you. Now watch this. This is how powerful it is. If you let the source dictate what you hear and what you see, at the end of three and a half years, Jesus says to them, I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel. So you had people that have never left their region going around the globe. When God speaks, he speaks to what he has put inside of you. Now watch the first scripture. In 2 Timothy verses 1 and 7, it says this, the, the spirit God gave us does not make us afraid. His spirit is a source of power, love, and self-control. So the spirit is in you now. Let's put some foundations in, uh, because you're really smart. How many gods are there in the world? I, 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 you still don't want to answer. Right? What you say? In, when you go through the Word of God, you go to Genesis, it says, in the beginning, God. Right then and there, God, says, God is showing us. He didn't, okay, he didn't write the Bible unless God would forget, right? How many write things before? How many of you will write things down so you don't forget it the following morning? How many have a diary? Now, God didn't go, oh, man, I better write the Bible because, man, what if I forget? Hey, what, what if I forget something? Right? So he says in the beginning, God. So God says, I am the source. So God does this because there's only one God. So when he gives you the spirit, there's got to be only one spirit, Correct? He doesn't say this, right? When you have a look at the scripture, and God gave, and the spirits God gave us, he doesn't say that. He doesn't say the multiple spirits. He says the spirit God gave us does not make us afraid. Now watch this. Anything that causes you fear, I can't do that. What if it's a bad outcome? Is not from God. So fear is an indicator that God is not talking to you. Anytime that you want to back off, anytime you go, I, oh, I don't know if it's going to make it, it doesn't come from God. Now listen to this. The, his spirit is a source of power, love, and self-control. God is saying this, that every time you look in the Bible and you see somebody that had a breakthrough in a situation, it is the same spirit that gave them the breakthrough is the same spirit that's in you. You're allowed to get excited? When uh, We have children's church. 
Kids get saved in children's church. Did you know that there is no baby Holy Spirit? It's not like the Holy Spirit is looking and goes, oh, look, Jamie, Jamie is getting saved. He's five years old. Oh, where's that five-year-old spirit? There's, come on. See, it's the same Holy Spirit. So when you start to move in the source, it's the same source that was in Abraham that is in you. The same source that was in Peter, James, John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all of those, it's the same spirit. So that means the same spirit that caused a breakthrough for them is the same spirit living in you. It's no different. So one of the lies that the enemy has had is we don't feel as adequate as that person. Do you realize that every person on the globe has felt the same fear that you've had. The, it, so one of the concepts that I started to understand about God is that every time there was a problem, God wasn't saying, I have given you the problem to show you your weakness. God never does that. God always overcomes weaknesses with strength. You, most of you don't need to know that you're weak. You know that you're weak. You don't need a supernatural revelation to know that you haven't got the strength. Every problem exposes it. And so when you see in 2 Timothy, Timothy's talking to his church, and he's going, the problems that you are facing are an indicator that the Spirit of God is bigger than that. So whatever you're facing this morning, whatever you've got to go through, God says, the same spirit. Now watch this. Whose spirit is it? God's spirit. How many sins has God forgiven? You know what that means? That you have the capacity to forgive every sin that's been committed against you. That means that you can, you've been married for 450 years and you've been arguing for 450 years. Okay, you've had a long marriage. You, you, can, you can go, yeah, my wife and I, we've been married for 450 years. And he goes, how was it? I don't want to talk about that. We've been married. It's called longevity, brother. So God says this. The same spirit that went to the thief and said, I forgive you. The same spirit that said, I forgive every single person from A to Z, their sins, and I won't remember it. It is the same spirit that's in you. Which is, why would God make a demand on you without giving you the power to perform it? Let, let me just show you this. How many of you, how many of you have ever tried to fulfill the Ten Commandments and failed within the first three minutes? I tried and I couldn't even last three minutes. The Bible says he gave us the law. The flesh, the Bible says there was nothing wrong with the law, but the flesh was weak. So God says the law is good. The law is holy. He says, man, can you do it? And they go, yeah, we can do it. All of a sudden, man realizes 
that I haven't got the capacity to fulfill God's law. That's when the Bible says what the law was weak in the flesh, Jesus Christ did on the cross. So therefore, now watch this. So therefore then, because my flesh is weak, but God has given me the source in his spirit that I am capable of keeping the Ten Commandments. I am capable of loving the unlovely. I am capable of blessing slow cars in the right lane on the freeway. That's taken a while. I practiced it in New Zealand. Dear Jesus. When people see, anyway, one go. But see, the, the realize we have been hiding behind our weaknesses instead of releasing the Spirit of God within us. So whatever you're facing today, God says you are capable. So it's the same Spirit. So therefore it means this. It's the same Spirit. It's the same Word. So when now you look at the, the Word of God, you look at Peter, you look at all these guys, God is telling you this. They didn't get their breakthrough because they were smarter than you. They didn't get the breakthrough because they prayed more than you. They didn't get a breakthrough because they knew more influential people than you. They got their breakthrough because of the same spirit that is in you. If the, the Bible even says, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, it shall also quicken you. I want you to notice, see, one of the things that we as a church and as individuals need to get a hold of, it is the same spirit. It is the same word. It is the same faith. The the Bible, there are levels of faith, but there aren't different types of faith. The Bible says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, and the life that I now lead, I live by the faith of Christ. Watch this. Can I give you something really deep? Everybody say yes. That you have the faith of Jesus. Just think about this. There isn't a lolly shop full of different flavors of faith. There's only one faith. There's only one love. There's only one forgiveness. There's only one blood. There's only one lamb. There's only one church. There's only one heaven. And we get deluded by thinking, oh, he's, he's got more faith than I do. He, he's got a different kind of faith. Oh, he, no, it's the same word. We might ha- Listen to me carefully. We might have different interpretation of the scripture, but it comes from the same word. You might have the Living Bible, the Crazy Bible, the, the Asian Bible, the Chinese Bible, the Japanese. It comes from the same source. And when you realize you don't, you, you are, we are to study the source so that we can see the breakthrough. See, most of us study the breakthrough but never the source. I'm one of them. I'm looking at what did they do. You know, so, so you get this. Now watch this. When you don't understand the, the source, you ask different questions. Okay, Pastor Victor, how long do you pray? Oh, okay, you pray for five hours before you go to work. And then you read three hours before you pray. Okay. 
That's eight hours. So when do you sleep? On, at, at, I sleep at work, Pastor Ted. <laughs> See, people go, well, what songs do you listen to? I, I remember, I, I don't know, if there's a, uh, an apostle that's with the Lord now. His name was Smith Wigglesworth. Right? An amazing man. If you can get a hold of his books, uh, brilliant, right? And so what people have tried to do, they've tried to lay on his grave to get that anointing. All they did was get cold. <laughs> right? I, I, if, you, if, you, if God's told you to do that, do it. If he hasn't, don't do it. So they said, what does he do? They said, he only reads the Bible. And he has communion every day at 4 a.m. So we had a generation, this is when I was a kid last week, um, <laughs> is that everybody says, I've got to get up at 4 a.m. in the morning. I've got to have communion. I'm only allowed to read the Bible. Now, here's the thing. Smith Wigglesworth couldn't read or write. The only thing he could read was the Bible. So if you would give him a newspaper, he'd go, what? I don't get it. Give him the Bible, I get it. Now, see, what we do is people have tried to copy the method without realizing the source. It's the same Jesus in you that's in me. So what we happens is when we don't understand the source, we go, look at the outward. Look, what did you do? What you, it, look, it is the same thing as you're, you're sitting next to somebody and the offering time comes along and all of a sudden you see them writing out $6,000 to put into the offering. And you go, wow, if, I, I can do that. But what we don't understand is that the person writing the 6,000 knows who his source is. If you don't know what the source is, it's going to be trouble. When we understand the source, that means that there's a relationship. The people that know their God shall rise up and do exploits. We, we live in a generation, and, and I, I realize this coming... Can I be really, really blunt, honest with you? If you go into my house, okay, you, let's start with the bedroom, the sacred place. Do you know what I've got most in my bedroom? Books. I have got shelves on either side of the bedroom full of Christian books. Then I have a table of the books that I am reading. Then you walk out, there are four walls with books. You go downstairs, I've got books. I've given away a lot of books. I've burnt a lot of books as well. Ah, because I realized they were trash and I didn't want to. Somebody once said to me, Ted, I think we burnt like three to $5,000 worth of books. And somebody says, you could have sold them. And I go, why would I want to give anybody else the same problem that these books have given me? Anyway, you know, when I'm starting to analyze that I'm not against reading, please understand me. You need to do the two in the context. But what I realized, most of the books that I've been reading all explain the method, but not the source. Watch it. If you didn't know the source, and all of a sudden God says to you, Peter sees Jesus going to walk by the boat. And Peter goes, um, if it's you, call me. So what does God do? He speaks to the source that's in Peter. And he says, come out and walk. Now, Peter gets up and he walks. Now, can you imagine if you didn't hear that conversation and all you saw was Peter walking on the water? 
and then you try it. You tried it in your bathtub, and it didn't work. It's not going to work on the ocean. Most of us, we copy methods that but never understand the source. So when you see somebody, why are you worshiping like you're worshiping? Because I know my source. Why is it when you're burying a loved one, you have joy and you can't explain it? Because I, I can't explain it because it's the source. If you have been raised up on looking at all of the what I do because I know the source, you don't get it. See, one of the things that always got me, I was always thinking if I had more information, if I had this, if I had that. God comes back and he says this, the, the, the spirit God gave us doesn't make us afraid. His spirit is the source of power. So whatever I need on the outside comes from the inside. And I want you to notice something here. The power doesn't come from heaven. It's already in you. So God says this. Do not say that that's when you get in Romans. He says, who is going to go up and bring God down? Who's going to go down and bring God up? The word is near you. It's in your heart and in your mouth. It is the word of faith that we preach. It is high time that you put a pause on the outside and go, what is the source that's living inside of me? Look at Luke 10, 20. The disciples just came back from ministry and they said, hey, we prayed and demons left. We healed the sick. And then Jesus comes up to them, and he says this, this is, however, your real source of joy isn't merely that these spirits submit to your authority, but that your names are written in the journals of heaven, that you belong to God's kingdom. This is your true source of authority. Do you realize that you have been authorized by heaven to express it on earth? Your name is in heaven, but your authority is on the earth. And here's Jesus saying to listen, the true source of your authority is that you are one with me. There's a, there's a book in heaven, and God has all of his kids' names in it. And he goes, the reason I can do what I do because I'm a part of the family. The same God that in Genesis 1 is the same God now that is in me. And he has authorized me to bring what's on the inside outside. Once you start to understand things, things start to open up like they don't open up before. See, what we try to do, we're trying to open doors by systems. We're trying to open doors of opportunity. But God says this, what you need, you don't need more opportunity. You need to have more of a realization of who the source is inside of you. Have you ever realized that every demon understands that you have authority? The reason I understand it is because your name has been authorized. 
That means every problem, you have been authorized to bring what's inside of you outside. When you fear, says, no, look at this, you haven't got this, you haven't got this. Look, for, you know, going back to my story with the car, the fear was, how do I go to the bank and say, excuse me, um, I, 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 I can't pay, I've got to give the car back. You get that fear. But God says, I know what's inside of you. You good with this? God always speaks to what he's put inside of you, not what he's going to put inside of you. Jesus never said, hey, disciples, if you try really hard, uh, at the end of the day, I'll give you an assignment. He said, I'm going to make sure that I put something in you before I give you the assignment. The assignment never makes you. Do you realize problems are not there to educate you? Problems are there to be conquered. So when people go, oh, God's given this problem to teach me something. No, he didn't. I had people say to me, oh, God gave me this husband to teach me something. No, he didn't. How does, you're good with it? Watch this. How does God teach? You know how he teaches? Why don't we look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Jesus came and he opened his mouth with words. So what God puts inside of you, when he speaks, he's speaking to what he's put inside of you. We've been duped. We're trying to give, we're trying to put something in us that's already there. We're trying to be clean when we're already clean. We're trying to be good when we're already good. Watch this. Some of you might be struggling, but Ted, you don't realize my faith. My faith is small. Okay, let's go back here. The Bible says, whose righteousness did you receive when you got saved? It's not a trick question. It starts with a J. It has an E. It's got two S's and a U. Put them together, it spells. So whose righteousness did you receive? So when God looks at you, whose righteousness does he see? So therefore it means that I don't need to be righteous, I just need to relax and rest in his righteousness. So then, when people say, Ted, you need to do this, this, this to be righteous. No, I don't. I just need to live what's already inside of me. Now, if God's given you his righteousness, Galatians 2.20, we haven't got it here, but you can look it up in your time. The Bible says, I have now died and I live in Christ, and the life that I now live, I live by the faith of Jesus. So watch this. You received his righteousness. You received his forgiveness. You received his faith. You received his justification, and you also received the same standing that he has before the Father. Um, okay, you're, you're smart, church. Can somebody help me? When, did you, when do we read that Jesus ever begged the Father, please help me, I can't do this, I'm a nobody? 
you know what Jesus said? This is, this is, listen to me. This is the kind of prayer we need to pray. Before you pray, I want you to put these words inside. God, I thank you that you always hear me. We start prayer meetings like that. Instead of saying, oh, 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 the, the reason, look, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really enjoying myself, okay? Watch this. I don't worship to bring the presence of God down into my situation. I worship because I am in the presence. There's been a false teaching. I just want to rectify right here. People say that, you know what, that, let's worship God for the answer. I, had, I even heard one someone says, let's put God into debt. Let's worship him before the answer so that he has to answer us. You know, come on. You know, remember when you went to your dad or your mom, you go, hey, dad, I want to just thank you that you are so generous. You, you, you are over the top. You'll sell the shirt off your back to give me money. Then I go, dad, I need some money. See, the, the spirit is one with God. Correct? So the spirit has no needs. It meets needs. Let me say that again. Your spirit hasn't got any needs because it's one with Jesus. But what it does, he meets needs. So what we do is when we come to pray, God, I thank you that you hear me. What, what are you doing there? Your, your spirit is declaring the source. See, most of the time we are trying to get God to do something that we think is reluctant. You, you good with me? Can I give you a scripture that is, keeps me awake at night? Um, that my, my thinking actually thinks it's exaggerated. Uh, my problems tell me that I, I'm skewed somewhere. It's this. Romans 8.32 says this. this is, now, now, I want you to understand, this is your source speaking to you. It says this. This is the Father speaking. If I did not withhold my only begotten Son, what will I withhold from you? Just, just ponder that. Can you... God says, this is God the Father, this is Genesis 1-1 speaking, and this is God the Father saying, if I didn't withhold my son, what will I withhold from you? I want you to just to pause there and start to think, what do you think God is withholding from you? Because it, 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 it cannot be the Father. God is saying, this is the source speaking. The source is in you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in me. So if it's the same spirit, it has to have the same answer as Jesus. If, it, if, if Jesus asks the question and he gets this answer, and it's the same spirit that's in me asking the same question, he's going to get the same answer. Just, I, look, I know this is deep for Sunday morning. But if Jesus goes this, Father, I thank you that you hear me, and, he's, and Jesus was talking out of his spirit, correct? 
And now you are in Christ and Christ is in you. And so therefore you can legitimately with the authority and the backing of heaven and the word of God and the Holy Spirit say, God, I thank you that you hear me. For you to get a breakthrough, it's not, you know, sometimes I used to think, man, if I could, I should have more worship, I need this and this, this. This is the true source of your authority. It's God's kingdom. And God says this, said, I'm the source. If you, you know, okay, let, let me just ask you a question here. Who do you have to please to get a breakthrough? You, you are all, you, all you got to do is be pleasing to God, correct? And here's the big thing, is that God has made you pleasing to himself. If you, if, you know, when we start thinking about the cross, right, is that God knows what pleases him. Yes? And God's very definite. God's not vague. So God says this, I will do to you so that you will always be pleasing to me. He didn't say you have to do stuff to be pleasing. You just have to be. See, Christianity is not about doing, it's about being. Every negative behavior that you have is the fruit that you don't know who you are. If I can't, if I'm saying I'm not going to forgive that person, I am forgetting who I am. If I'm saying I can't, I am not good enough to have that, I don't know who I am. So what happens in a Christian life is that your source does the talking, not your flesh. Well, let's talk about the flesh. I don't feel good enough today. How many of you had to have a cup of coffee before you came to church? Oh, come on. Okay, okay, cup of tea. I, I, let me ask you, how many of you would have rather slept in this morning? Okay, how many of you were thinking, you know what, if I don't have to give my tithes and offerings, then I can have a better lunch? <laughs> come on. That's what your flesh says. One, one day, my, 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 my flesh, the bad Ted Fabiani, sat me down with my calculator, and it says, so how much have you given all of your life to church, to God? I'm going, oh, okay. So I started writing it down, and the more I wrote down, the depressed I got. Because <laughs> my, my flesh is going, look, look what you could have done with this, look what you could have done this with, what could you have done with that? But my spirit says, Ted, you never lost it. See, my, my flesh goes, I don't want to worship. You know, Steph's going to hear, come on, we're going to worship. No, no, no. Or, or you go, okay, Steph, I'll do it outwardly, but on the inside, I'm, I'm home. See, your, your flesh goes, I don't want to forgive. Come on, come on. Doesn't your flesh feel good when you're beating somebody up in your mind? Come on, how many of you have ever thought of telling your boss what you really, 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 really think? But you don't do it, but you do it in the car. You do it while you're having a shower. That is your flesh. Oh, expert. 
Come on. But you know what? My spirit, spirit gets up in the morning and he says, come on, we're going to do this. My spirit doesn't get tired. So therefore, then my spirit talks to my body and my body becomes into submission under the spiritual realm. And then my energy for my body comes from my spirit, not from the outside. That's the Bible says, therefore, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So therefore, it means this, that I come to church by the power of the Holy Spirit. I give by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I respond to problems by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, what now? We're going to worship Tim if you like to come up. I haven't preached for four, five weeks, so I feel like I've got another couple of hours in me. But I, I want to everybody say, Pastor Ted's going to be kind to me. Next week, we'll, we'll take this up to another level. But this week, before you get up, before you pray, before you worship, before you respond, you need to make a declaration. I thank you, God, that you always hear me and that you always respond. I thank you that you love me unconditionally. I thank you that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I thank you that you have given me your faith. You have given me your position. You have given me your standing. You know, and also this week, stop mimicking people's breakthroughs. Start focusing on their source. When I look at successful people, or when you look at successful people, in the flesh says, you know, seven amazing habits of successful people. Good book. But how many of you found out that you can mimic people's behavior, but you cannot get their breakthrough? The fashion industry tells us you've got to dress successfully to be successful. Do you know how many people are in debt because of their trying to mimic somebody that's successful? I can tell you how many people I've counseled that were in ministry and they said, man, I've got to look good. So they put themselves in debt to look good. See, once you understand who you are, once you understand that God is my source, I pray out of my source. I don't pray out of my need. My flesh wants to make me feel guilty. My flesh says, Ted, you're not good enough. You can't do this. You're not this. You've missed this opportunity. You've done this, this, and this. But my spirit says, greater am I that's in you than anything that's in the world. So today, right now, what problem are you facing? When we came out of the MRI scan with Sylvain, the guy came in and he looked really worried. And next thing you know, Sylvain hopped in, and next thing you know, they got a wheelchair and it says, you're not allowed to leave the hospital walking, you've got to go there. And I'm, and I'm thinking, everything inside of me going, oh, Ted, this is really bad. But on the inside, the source is speaking, greater is he. So we, I just start confessing. I'm looking at Sylvain, 
I'm looking at me and I'm going, but this is it. But but then there's something inside of me. My spirit is looking at the me. And instead of saying how bad she is, it's saying of how good Jesus was on the cross. You see, your spirit will always point you to the power and the resurrection of Jesus. It will not point you to your weakness. It will not point you. You're not going to make it. Come on, battle down, scrub down. But the Bible tells me that greater is He. The spirit God gave us doesn't make us afraid. His spirit is a source of power, love, it's self-control. Just watch this. Can I just, because I'll finish up on this. Self-control. How many of you, when you're in a really bad situation, you want to yell and speak about the bad situation? Come on. When you're feeling down, you don't, you ring somebody up so that you can tell them what? Oh, this is bad. This is bad. Dog died. Cat ran away. The goldfish swam down the toilet. Whatever. But your spirit, your spirit is always connected to Jesus. Your spirit is always connected to the Word. So when your spirit speaks, if you want to know when your spirit is speaking through you, get your Bible out and you will say something miraculous. You will, you will be reading what you are speaking. And watch this. And I'll finish on this now. And every problem is designed to go under the Spirit. Every sin is designed to go under the blood. Every problem is solved by one source. And it's in you. It's in you today. So Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Just right now, we're in this amazing atmosphere of faith. What are you facing today? What are are the things that almost put a weight upon you where your shoulders droop, your spirit droops, but your spirit is saying, rise up, rise up in my power. God never said, find your own answer. God never said that solve your own problem. God said that that's the Spirit's job. So just right now, whatever you're facing is indicating to you that the source is greater than your problem. The source is greater than your problem. Whether It might be a financial need. It might be a physical need. It might be a relationship need. It might be that you need peace. Whatever it is, is subject to the source that's inside of you, and that source is the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for the revelation, for this divine revelation come upon us.